America is the land of opportunity. Our founders believe that every individual has the God-given right to pursue their greatest potential, the freedom to flourish and govern themselves as individuals, families, communities, and a nation. And our founders worked tirelessly to develop a system of government that would protect that liberty. This belief has made the United States the freest and most prosperous nation in history and a shining city on a hill, an example to the rest of the world. On American Lives, we'll talk with individuals who have pursued their American dreams and made the most out of the opportunities guaranteed to them at our founding. These incredible men and women share the stories of their success, their love for our nation and its history, and why they consider the work of the Ashbrook Center so essential in educating future generations about the history and principles of America, the principles that sustain our great experiment in self-government, the experiment we call America. I want to welcome everybody to this episode of American Lives. I'm joined today for a conversation by an old friend of mine and of the Ashbrook Center, Pete Peterson. Pete is the Dean of the School of Public Policy at Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. He, as I said, is a longtime friend of Ashbrook and in fact now serves as the chair of Ashbrook's National Advisory Board on Civic Education. Pete, thanks so much for joining us on American Lives. Great to be with you, Jeff. The School of Public Policy at Pepperdine, I think it is as uh, suggests the 25th anniversary of this really interesting, unique place that you have the privilege of being the dean of. Hmm. Tell our listeners who may not be familiar, what is the School of Public Policy? What's its mission? And and I, I'm struck by your motto, see things differently from here. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll just start with that, that last part, uh, seeing things, whether it's uh, one's career or politics or policy differently from here is a uh, uh, just a, a nod to our uh, just breathtaking location here in, in Malibu, uh, but also this view of public policy education, which is one that takes uh, the American founding and uh, the broader liberal arts and great books uh, very seriously and integrates it directly into our curriculum. Uh, we are a, a two-year master's of public policy program, and in that we're one of about 200 graduate policy programs in the US, but I would argue we're distinctive in that we do take this more holistic liberal arts approach to what is generally seen to be a, a purely quantitative uh, technocratic degree. Why do you want to root your students in great books, big ideas, big principles? As you say, so much of advanced degrees in public policy have moved away from any of that kind of study and thinking? Well, I think it goes back to our founding. Um, you right that we are in, a, in the midst of our 25th uh, anniversary year, and that's prompted me to go back to some of our founding documents. Uh, and uh, one of the conversations that I was made privy to was one of the uh, earliest meetings of a blue ribbon panel back in the mid 90s that was exploring even the possibility of launching a graduate policy program here at Pepperdine. And uh, sharing that was the late great social scientist, uh, James Q. Wilson. And it was Wilson who asked a very provocative question, 
at the beginning, what is public policy? And in some ways, it seems like a, a simple question. We see public policy all around us, but what he intended by that was um, whether we stress the public part of public policy or the policy part of public policy. Oh, that's an interesting question. Right. Because if you stress the public part, then you definitely have to get into these core American questions about the role of citizens, the role of civil society, the role of governing institutions and their right ordering from local up to state and federal. And that really was the genesis of uh, the curriculum here, which as, as we're discussing, combines a look at the American founding, not as a, a venture into history, but an understanding of why public policy creation in America is, is different than in other places. It's fascinating. So what kind of authors, what kind of thinkers, what kind of statesmen do your students encounter in their curriculum? Well, they're certainly in the great books is one of our core courses and you're uh, connecting to everyone from uh, certainly Plato and Aristotle uh, up through Machiavelli uh, into Marx uh, and then looking at uh, Tocqueville and uh, certainly some more uh, modern writers and, and theorists in the uh, 20th century. Uh, and even into the 21st, we've started to incorporate work by Thomas Sowell uh, and certainly um, uh, Jonathan Haidt, a social psychologist who's looking at some of these issues around political polarization. And when you get into the, the roots of American order course, we're starting right with the Federalist Papers and working our way through the major constitutional crises in American history from the founding to the Civil War, to uh, the Great Depression, into World War II, and then exploring the Great Society, and then following to really get into how the founders intended and how history and events have changed this relationship between governing institutions and citizens. It's fascinating. So it's both broad, but also deep in thinking seriously about sort of the philosophical uh, foundations and underpinnings of public policy. It is, and of course, again, it's not. We're not a master's in political theory or a master's in in history. We're masters in public policy, so we're only exploring these subjects insofar as they can prepare leaders for today. And of course, we're getting <laughs> evidence even as recent as the uh, the response to COVID, uh, which in many ways uh, unearths a whole series of constitutional questions and uh, questions again about the role of self-governing citizens versus governing institutions. So these are timeless questions, but worth uh, grounding all of our future policymakers uh, in. This might be an unfair question, but that, that this amazing and really interesting program of taking these foundational principles and as you say, applying them to today to right. help guide policy today. Um, maybe it's an unfair question, but what's the state of public policy today in America? Well, I think what we're seeing with the growth politically of uh, various populist movements, certainly here in the United States, but really across the Western world, is a highlight on this tension between uh, 
citizens who feel essentially that public policy is being done to them and not with them. Uh, whether we're talking, oh, that's about an interesting people. distinction. Yeah, and I, again, you know, the the role of the administrative state, uh, again, as recently as uh, the response to COVID, where we had public health officials unelected making decisions on whether schools would be open or closed or businesses would be open or closed or here in California, whether beaches would be open or closed, uh, really does raise these uh, questions about has government moved beyond the founder's understanding of it being limited. And I think we have more than enough evidence to show that on an array of examples even ones that differ state to state, or even in some cases, county to county, uh, we had public officials moving beyond that founder's understanding of limited government. So when your students, after they've completed this really interesting course of study, what are they going out in the world and doing when they go out from the School of Public Policy? Well, we view the Master's of Public Policy degree as what we would call a cross-sector degree, because as we look back over the last decade or so, of where our alumni and graduates are going. It's almost a third, a third, and a third go into the government sector, public sector, and that can be anywhere from uh, the city level all the way up to uh, Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., uh, working on Capitol Hill, is our second largest alumni chapter, so we send a lot of our uh, graduates there. About a third go into the nonprofit sector, and that can range from uh, think tanks to policy-specific Nonprofits working on education reform or homelessness or uh, criminal justice reform. And then about a third go into the policy related uh, private sector. And that uh, can range anywhere from the media. Uh, we've sent students to go work in various uh, media outlets that are exploring politics and policy uh, to government relations, corporate communications, uh, and even government technology. Uh, certainly a, a slice from if I were to pull from each one of those pieces of the pie, about 10% of our students go on for PhDs, but the vast majority are going directly into uh, the policy workforce. I know from being with you all out there at SPP that one of your big themes is public engagement. Yep. And, and the, the right way to engage citizens in the process of making public policy. Um, yep. Why is that such an important theme for SPP? And, and what do you make of the state of public engagement today? Well, thanks for that question. You're right. We do have uh, one of the country's leading institutes uh, focused on pre current, preparing current leaders, mostly at the state and local government le uh, level, uh, to better involve their residents in policymaking. It's the Davenport Institute for Public Engagement. And over the course of the last decade, we've trained upwards of uh, 4,000 local government officials in how to do better public engagement. And the genesis of that training was really coming out of the Great Recession uh, around 2009, 2010, when we started getting phone calls in the office from various uh, municipalities saying, we've got some hard decisions to make here with reduced budgets, and we just don't know if we have a sense of where the public is on making these decisions. And that prompted us to organize a group of local government officials from around the state into an advisory council that 
is still in uh, place today that helped us to develop uh, training and consulting services uh, that's out in the field today working uh, to, to promote better public engagement. And we certainly connect that within the curriculum as well. We offer classes here in uh, public process and how we can use technology to better engage residents. But it's really all about self-governance, promoting self-governance and informed decision-making. And we can we find that that is most easily done uh, at the local government level. And uh, we've had some great success stories on residents participating and determining what their particular city or town is going to uh, look like. Yeah, so I know that you've written for publications like the Wall Street Journal, LA Times, San Francisco Chronicle on public engagement. And maybe it's out of that concern with public engagement that you've developed a real concern also with civic education. Yeah. And now you've become, uh, and we're honored to have you as the chair of our National Advisory Board on Civic Education. But how did you become so concerned about the state of civic education today? Well, it certainly comes from the work that we've done, even at the local government level around uh, public process. Uh, and we're certainly have, have seen that in many ways just recently with COVID. I mean, COVID to me, it has illustrated in some profound ways uh, the civic education crisis that we have in the country. I've heard from many friends back east who asked me during the crisis how things were going in California. And I said, well, I think a lot of people out in California are learning they don't just live in America. Uh, they live in a state called California. Right. And they live in a county, right? Uh, because we had these differing counties and people were realizing, oh my goodness, you know, who's run, who's making these decisions at the county level and how come one city is open for business and the next one is closed and how come California is allowed to pursue one set of policies and Texas can pursue another? And of course, as you know better than anyone, Jeff, it, this goes, these go to real uh, profoundly uh, civics questions around uh, the American project and the American system. And I've always viewed our public policy degree really as an applied civics education degree. Uh, huh, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah, because it, it really is about applying the American experiment in toward and against today's public policy challenges. And to do that effectively, to engage residents in making those decisions requires that they have an understanding of how this system works and the responsibilities that we all have as citizens to engage in policymaking from the voting booth all the way to some of these very in-depth public processes about determining land use planning and you know these kinds of things at the at the more local level so the importance of civics education has only been revealed uh, by what we've seen in the country over the last few years mm -hmm. and what what have you found and you've worked with us for a while now at, at the ashbrook center what have you found that has been valuable in your mind about what ashbrook has been doing well, I'll start by saying that we have uh, a recruit, a student recruiting relationship with Ashbrook. So we want the college students that are coming up and through uh, your programs and even to start them in high school to make them aware that there's a program like ours out here. The students that come through your programs are just so perfectly 
uh, prepared to take advantage of the graduate uh, education that we offer here. So that's one. But nobody is doing the high school teacher education and preparation like Ashbrook. I mean, the importance of doing uh, the engaging high school teachers with your coursework, both in the degree programs, but also in these uh, shorter courses uh, is just so important. I mean, we're seeing this now here in California. I mean, the state of civics education in California has become utterly ideological. And the fact that you always rely at the Ashbrook Center on original documents, original sources, and apply this in a nonpartisan, non-ideological way to let the policymakers, founders, and foundational thinkers speak for themselves and argue for themselves and argue against others uh, at the time who are making those debates. I mean, that's very much about what we're doing here at the graduate level uh, in policy education, but it's also very much what you're doing and you're doing distinctively with high school teachers and students uh, at Ashbrook. Yeah, there really is a real simpatico, isn't there, with that? Yeah great books, primary ideas, and then taking those big ideas and thinking them through and what they mean in the contemporary world that we're in. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and again, we're, we see it every day, whether we're talking about what's going on in Ukraine and what America's role should be there or what's going on with COVID and uh, the response to that as well. I mean, every day we have more reason uh, to understand the importance of good civics education. How long have you been the dean at SPP? So I'm uh, beginning my seventh year as uh -huh. dean here of the policy school. And before that, I headed up the aforementioned uh, Davenport Institute here uh, for about six years. And so uh, I am, you know, I often describe myself as the most grateful dean in America, and I'll stand by that statement here. But it, it part of my gratitude is based on relationships with like-minded institutions that I get to have, like the one with Ashbrook and with you, Jeff. I mean, again, I, I see very much this, this deep alignment towards preparing future policymakers and engaged and informed citizens at a time that uh, America so desperately needs these things. Absolutely. What's ahead for SPP, looking at the future now? So uh, the 25th anniversary has uh, certainly uh, brought about some important announcements to the program. Uh, first and foremost is a, a gift that has allowed us to launch the new Ed Meese Institute for Liberty and the American Project. That's essentially uh, just announced this year uh, going to be our uh, the home for our American policy and politics specialization within our Master of Public Policy curriculum. Uh, beyond that, we're looking to expand pr programming in Washington, D.C. Uh, we offer classes there. Pepperdine has a building in Washington, and as I mentioned before, it's our second largest alumni chapter. So it's a very important place for us, even though we're, we're headquartered out here in Malibu. Uh, Washington, D.C. is a place where we're looking to grow and expand our programs and, and influence. Well, the country needs informed public policy leaders of the kind that you're educating there at SPP. Well, thanks, Jeff. And again, the, the partnership and relationship with 
Ashbrook and even aside from our relationship uh, institutionally, just personally, the, uh, the opportunity that I have to serve with you and the work you're doing, I'm just, uh, just extremely grateful for that. Well, thank you, Pete. And I really appreciate all the great work you're doing out in California for the state of California, but also across the country and the, the good work that your grads are doing out there in public policy. Pete Peterson, thank you so much for taking the time today to join us on American Lives. Thanks so much, Jeff. American Lives is a production of the Ashbrook Center. Ashbrook strengthens constitutional self-government by educating our fellow Americans, students, teachers, and citizens in our country's history and founding principles and the habits of reflection and choice necessary to perpetuate our republic. If you want to learn more or get involved in this vital work, visit our website, ashbrook.org. And if you enjoyed this episode of American Lives, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, please consider subscribing to The American Idea, the Ashbrook Center's podcast on the documents, debates, people, and events that have defined and continue to define our country.